Welcome to the Stutter Block Party Podcast. In this series, we'll speak to people from all over the world and talk about their journey with stuttering and just get to know them a little bit better. I hope you enjoy this podcast and happy listening. Okay, hi everyone. This is the SBP podcast again, and um, uh, Jess, uh, Jesse is also here to help me host. Um, I'm I'm here. My 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 name is Kevin. So Kevin and Jesse is hosting, and today we have Ja. And then so um, Ja had sp- spoken at at um, St- Stanley Stories. So um, yeah, it was, it was a really great presentation. People really enjoyed hearing her hearing her story, um, um, her her life 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 in China, and then and then coming coming to the U.S. Um, so yeah, well, Jesse here is kind of because Jesse Jesse really wanted to do a podcast with her. So <laughs> and then so um, yeah, Jesse, do do you want to ask the first question? <laughs> Yeah. Um, first of all, um, thanks for having me. Um, like Kevin said, um, you know, I was there uh, when you did your family stories, and it was just—it was awesome. I, I uh, it was very interesting. Um, I have, um, so I work for Amazon, and um, in Amazon, you know, we've we have um, people that work there from all over the world, and I, I've I've met. Um, you know, quite a few people um, who have speech disorders who are from um, the Eastern Hemisphere. And I've just learned that it's such a, it's such a unique and totally different culture in that regard than like the Western. Like we have, you know, we have a lot of resources. We have a lot of, we have an understanding. We have, you know, I'm not saying that everything's fine, but like there's more of an understanding around like speech disorders here. And I feel like, you know, everything I've heard, it's just, it's so fascinating to learn what it's like over there. And it's, it's just so different. So I really wanted to, um, if not have a podcast with you, just to discuss life with you, because it's just, it's such a, such a change. And you have such a unique experience where you've, you've experienced both the East and the West. And so you have like, you know, a great, a great understanding of it, which, I think it's awesome. So um, happy to be here with you, I guess. <laughs> we'll say. Thank you. Thank you so much, Je- Jesse and, and Ke- Kevin for ha- ha- having me. Yeah, so I really enjoyed the, uh, the stutter blog party, the stamina stories. I do feel that um, we humans, we actually, we do connect by storytelling. So, but prior to my journey to come out of the stuttering, the stuttering closet, I never thought that I, I had a story. I never thought that, you know, like my experience uh, would interest people because I feel that growing up in China, stuttering is the most shameful thing for me that's the only thing, or not the only thing, that's the least thing that I want to share with, 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 with people. But sometimes uh, life just works in 
mysterious ways and 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 here we 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 are talking about stuttering so yeah uh so i'm so so glad to be here and 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 i'm so glad that uh i i got to see both worlds in a way in the east and in the west but i do uh feel that there are a huge difference in how people viewing stuttering, not just the people who themselves, how they view the stuttering, the entire society and how stuttering is told in different cultures. It's just fascinating. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Good, um, that's awesome. I, I, um, I have a list of questions that we'll sort of like run through over the next Oh, 45 minutes. Um, and I'm sure Kevin has some also, but considering he's already done a podcast with you, I'm sure he knows everything. So we'll see. <laughs> um, so my, um, I guess my first question, so in listening to your, uh, you know, another podcast you were on, um, you know, I have some of your backstory. Um, you grew up in China. Um, you got your undergrad there and you taught English for a number mm -hmm. of years, right? Yes. Um, then after a while, you moved to the US in 2014 for graduate school to get your master's in education. Um, and you taught Mandarin at high school here, mm -hmm. um, which is very interesting. And so um, you changed your career uh, last year to become a speech and language pathologist. Um, and you're currently getting your master's at Michigan State. Um, and I'll touch on that a little bit later, but I, I do have a question and I've always been kind of mm -hmm. fascinated. And I think you kind of touched on this a little bit in the podcast, but if you could expand, would you say you're more fluent in Chinese or in English? So in Mandarin or English? Mm -hmm. Good question. And I'm very impressed, Jesse, you actually did your work <laughs> and feel a little bit like, oh, <laughs> This person did, and Kevin, you know, you guys did background check or anything. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, very, very glad that you guys, you know, like know my my story, and I, I really think you know that's why the questions you guys ask are more to the point. Uh, I got asked these questions a lot. This question a lot, like, Jia, do you stutter more in Chinese or do you stutter more in in English. So I actually, I speak three languages. I wouldn't call it two, uh, or I, I would say I, I speak two, like I speak a dialect. Mm -hmm. That's not Mandarin. And then I speak Mandarin. And then I speak English. So I would say if you just judging from, from fluency, I would say I, or judging from the fluency or how I perceive my stuttering, I would mm -hmm. say I stutter most in my dialect. And okay. I, yeah, and then Mandarin Chinese. And I would say I have least struggle in English. Interesting. Yeah, so I, I can uh, expand a little bit on that. I do think like uh, the dialect is a language I grew up with my parents and the, the people I grew up with. And I would say that's my 
mother tongue, but at the same time, I would say I have most fear talking in my dialect because I got very bad reactions since I was little. Mm-hmm. Whenever like I got stuck, and you know, and they would just uh, kind of correct me the way I talk. So I would say I have most fear in talking my dialect, even though I, that's my mother tongue. It should be the most, like I don't have to think of the vocabulary. I don't have to think of the content I say, but I feel the way I speak it is the most restrictive one. Okay. And yeah, so I think Mandarin for me, it's kind of in between. But in English, I think I have least struggle. Uh, so why people will say, well, you know, why a foreign language to you? Why you feel like you have least struggle? I do feel like uh, that's advantage of me being a foreigner in a way. Because when I first came to the States, you know, people kind of like they praised me of my English. They would say, oh, wow, your English, it is quite good, right? So I got this positive reinforcement. So for me, I feel that because I have this positive interaction with people, I have that confidence. Yeah, so that's my response to your first question. Got it. So it's, so in your mind, it's kind of a psychological thing. It's, it's, um, you know, I can, I can resonate with that. I, um, but kind of the opposite. So um, growing up here in the U.S., obviously I learned English when I was young and um, I had kind of the same experience as you where, you know, my parents didn't really understand like how to deal with me when I was having a, um, when I was stuttering. And so they would, they would correct me. They would, um, you know, not necessarily reprimand me, but like they, they weren't, uh, they didn't really understand. And so I, I feel like, you know, growing up, I was, uh, I'm a very social, very friendly guy, but like, I would get very anxious because I knew I couldn't say like a lot of things. And so I have, um, I definitely stutter, um, um, in English, but it's, um, when I was in high school, I took um, another language. Um, I tried to learn Spanish and I have since in the last couple of years, tried to learn Korean just randomly. <laughs> and uh, I struggled really bad in both. And, um, you know, people who spoke the language who I was like working with or, or I was learning with, they were uh, very critical of me. And it was like, it was a very negative experience. And I thought that, um, you know, it'd it'd be the same in English, but like, you know, in reflecting and kind of listening to you tell your story, like I definitely had a much easier time learning English because I was just raised around it. And, you know, Mm -hmm. Western culture is more, um, more knowledgeable about it. So I, I didn't have as hard a time as you did when you were younger. And so now that I'm trying to learn other languages and, you know, it's languages where maybe they aren't as accepting. They're like, why can't you, why can't you, you know, say this? And I'm like, I'm freaking trying. I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I have like a psychological thing where when I try to learn mm. another 
language. I struggle hard and it's, it's, so I wasn't sure if, if it was that way for you, but it's fascinating. It's like the opposite. Like it's, it's, you're more fluent in English because of, you know, the confidence that came with, with learning, um, learning it. And so, yeah, that's super, super interesting. Um, fascinating. Like, um, like I, like, um, yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm the same as Jod. The, the foreign language, I, I'm more fluent. So, like, like Mandarin, I'm more fluent. Um, and uh, you know, I, 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 I was born in the U.S., so my e e English has more stutter. I, like, there's a theory I had, but, but, but it's probably wrong because, like, but then Jesse's like the opposite. Jesse had more trouble with the foreign languages, right? <laughs> Um, more, but, yeah. I, but but I had a theory where maybe like uh, like your, your your native language the native language you you you, you uh, take it for granted so maybe you're like more maybe you're like pretty lazy like lazy with it in terms of fluency and then but with a foreign language foreign language I, I think foreign language is kind of like how people talk about like singing where you know like people people singing or people who stutter who sing don't stutter because singing you're using a different part of your brain i, I think maybe for like the, the the foreign language you you, you have to think think more and think about the think about the syntax and 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 lots of things so i don't know like that what was my was my theory but maybe it's wrong because because some people have more trouble with the foreign, foreign language but yeah <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I do feel like uh, for me, because I am at this bilingual le le level now, it's kind of different from a person who started to learn a, a foreign language. I really think at the beginning stage, uh, when I actually started to learn, learn English, it's more, more effort for in in language-wise, but in speech, I don't think that's not necessarily more difficult. Like, how do I di differentiate? It's almost like um, when I first started to learn English, it's more like I need to, like you guys were saying, you know, I need to think of the words, I need to think of the syntax. It's more, I think the struggle is more like you need to use your mental power to think the content. So in a weird way, it's actually de distract my brain from stuttering because I focused way too much on the content. But then the way I, I, talk, uh, I, I talk about it. So in a way, like in the beginning, my English, I feel like mentally it's more effort for, but my fluency, is actually not that bad but now it seems like the more i learned I, I learned english i actually don't have to think of the words or the sentence but actually my stutter appears to like like i stutter more the more i learn i learn english but in general compared to my mandarin and my english i would say it's more like psychological fear so give you guys an example. If I make a phone call, if I need to call my parents, I probably will like, uh, I will prepare for days to make that phone call. I will like feel that anxiety of talking to them because if I do stutter, they really give me a very hard time. And, and, and I do think, you know, it's more 
that fear of stutter, like my fear of stutter in my dialect, it's the highest. And my fear of stutter in, in, in English, it's like the, the lowest. So it's just fascinating. It's the same person, it's the same mouth, it's the same brain, but like I experience my talking and I experience my stuttering very differently. That's why I am very fascinated about like how people actually from different cultures and how they, they experience stuttering differently. I can share you something that's like what I have observed along my, my journey. So when I first came to the States, when I went to a self-help group, there were people, their stutter were much worse than me, but they appear much more confident. And I, I know plenty of Chinese people who actually they have very mild stuttering or maybe they're more covert but they suffer so much more than the people who actually we perceive stutter more. So this really makes me think, you know, we cannot judge people's experience, but just their fluency, right? That's yep. an outside standard, but how people actually, how they experience stuttering is different because I am like a living example. I stutter in both English, I both Chinese, and my dialect, but I experience all those three situations differently. That's very fascinating to me. Oh, it absolutely is. Yeah, that, that is um, such a unique way to look at it. You know, that's, um, you're right. That is something that I, I have always um, found fascinating as well is, is how, uh, how everybody who stutters, like, you know, we're all similar in so many ways, but we all experience it so uniquely you know based on like um like our life experience what we've gone through um you know how we were raised like it's just it's fascinating so yeah it's it's um that's something i am definitely with you on yeah maybe that would be a cool like master's thesis to like compare like stuttering in in, in your native <laughs> native tongue compared to foreign tongue that'd be kind of yeah. cool <laughs> sure. absolutely um so you've you brought up and you mentioned this both in your Stanley story um, and um, I believe again in the podcast that, um, you, you know, speech and language pathology is, uh, is not a very prominent thing in the Eastern cultures. Um, I'm sure it is in the more developed um, cities or the more developed countries, but still not to the level of like the US. So um, my first question is, um, you had mentioned that you kind of aspire to, to bring that back with you. Um, and so is that, you know, the, the primary reason that sparked your change from being a teacher to being a speech language pathologist? And then my follow-up is, can you expand a little bit more on like what the speech language community is like um, where you're from? Wow, such good questions. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So uh, actually my journey, it's not that her heroic. 
some people will say, yeah, Oja, you know, you are going to be a speech language pathologist. You are going to, you know, like basically bring this back and then save your people. That's part of the truth. I would say, yes, I want to help the people who went through the same journey as I did, because I knew that when I was in the darkness, when there is no resources, like how that felt like. So definitely that's part of my, my mission. And at the same time, I do think like why I chose to be an SLP, it's actually trying to save myself. Like, how do I, uh, like, what do I mean by that? Uh, so I used to be a teacher for many years and people were saying like, why don't you continue to be a teacher? Um, in a way I have to say that, um, especially in China, if you are a teacher and they expect it to you to be fluent because parents, they have that pressure. And then when you signed up the contract, you know, uh, basically fluency is almost like one of your qualifications. So for me, I just couldn't hide my stutter anymore. It's just like being a fluent, pretend to be a fluent person. It's just so much mental work for me every single day. And I knew that if I still remain in China, if I move, uh, I want to move up to the administrator. If I, 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 I didn't solve this problem of my mouth, I actually, I couldn't get the position of being a leader because of the way I talk. So in a way, I almost feel like I kind of like uh, know that I have to basically kind of like fix the way I talk to be able to move up in my society because the way I was talking was not accepted. Uh, so when I came to America, it's like, uh, it's all, almost like a running away. At the same time, I want to look for a cure. So that's actually the first thing I came to America <laughs> that was my first time I have the access to Google you know all those resources and I started to look for help because I knew that I'm I was pretty advanced stage of my stuttering at that at that time so I knew that I desperately need for help and as I mentioned before speech language pathology this field it's, it's just emerging from uh, in China, maybe in the last 10 years. And it's just in Beijing or Shanghai, a big, in big cities, like 99% of the Chinese people don't have access to that. And I am that 99% of the people. And not just uh, speech language pathology itself, uh, doesn't exist in China uh, for a very long time. It's also the, the stigma, the shame that's connected to stuttering. That's actually the, the hard part. So mm -hmm. the people who stutter in China, they're not very proud of their stutter because the social consequences are very high. If you, if you like people here in America, you know, you have those laws, you can't do you cannot discriminate people with disabilities. You are protected. 
So in China, there's no laws to protect the people who are uh, in a more dis in a in a dis advantage or the people with the, the disabilities. It's like there's no protection. Once you reveal that you are a person who stutters, you may not be able to get into good college. You may not be able to get a good job. It's basically the social penalties are so high. So it's almost like, it's like you are so afraid of your stuttering and there's no resources. It's, it's just like, it's just, it's just like too hard. It's almost like you cannot afford to be a person who stutters in China. So that's why I feel like when I came to America, when I started to look at my journey, and there's just so much for me to deal with. I couldn't do this. My, I could not deal with my stuttering all by myself. And the closest thing I can find the way to my healing is actually become an SLP. So to me, I do feel that, you know, in a way, like my stutter is so complicated in a way. Sometimes like I do not even have enough enough words of vocabulary to describe it because I, I, I was so ashamed of it. I was, I was trying every single day to pretend I, I don't stutter. So it's just so much emotions uh, uh, attached to my stuttering. So I do feel that, you know, like if I become an SLP, maybe this is the beginning of the journey to dissect the experience I went through to get to know what I went through. So, and I do feel like the more I, I learn about my stuttering, I do feel that I have this almost like obligation to, to, to help the people back home because I know that feeling of being in that, in that desperation. So I do feel that, you know, I kind of have more resources now. And, and I, I, I just feel that I get a lot of help and I shouldn't hold this just to myself. Yeah. Right. Right. So it's, um, that's great. Um, that's so fascinating. Um, it sounds like based on what you were saying that, you know, the speech language, community there um, and you know the resources available uh, one are only in like the major cities so uh, it's not available to everybody so I would imagine that people from outside of the cities probably if they can come in to get the help they need but the help they're receiving if I'm understanding is a little different it's it's less about accepting your stutter it's less about um, coming to terms with kind of, you know, who you are as an individual and, and growing, which is, I feel like a very, you know, Western methodology. Um, it's more about curing it or hiding it or pretending like it doesn't exist. And so it's, it's, it's less of a therapy. It's more of like, an like a class about how to pretend basically. And so I think that, um, that you going, um, back whenever that happens and, and, and bringing a different kind of style, a different kind of methodology is going to be, uh, it's really amazing. I, I think that that's going to be, um, but it's also going to be a challenge. You know, you have to, you know, you've lived this, so 
I'm, I'm not trying to, uh, to explain it, but you have to kind of break through the barriers where, you know, they have to be willing to accept it. And I feel like that is so ingrained in the culture over there that that's not how this works. It's, it's going to be, be an uphill climb, I think for sure. But I, I, I think that's wonderful that you're, you're, you're aspiring to go over there and like bring kind of, you know, what you've learned and, and your, your knowledge to them. I think that's super, super admirable. So at the beginning, when you said that, you know, people classify your story as heroic and you don't really think it is, I think you're wrong. I think it absolutely is. <laughs> so I think that's wonderful. Thank you so much, Jesse. I do think you will be a great SLP for the Chinese, for the, for the Chinese people based on the things you just said. Um, the things you, you were saying just now, it's spot on. I do feel that you were absolutely right. The people who are actually treating the people who stutter in China are many two groups of people. The fluent people who study like uh, here and here and there about speech, but they didn't like go through like a, a four-year uh, college or a two-year ma 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 master's degree. It's just maybe a small section of a hospital. They say, oh, we need people to treat with, with, with the people with communication dis uh, di di disorders, and they train a group people to do that. And those people have no idea about the complication of stuttering. And another group, actually the main group of people who are actually SLPs in China, you would be surprised. Who are those like the, the most famous um, or the, the, main, the main group of people who are treating the people who stutter? Actually in China are the mild stutterers or some people say, I used to be a severe stutterer, and they mm -hmm. overcame their stuttering, quote unquote, overcame. Mm -hmm. Those are the group of people who are actually helping the people who stutter. And the thing is, like you were saying, the harms they have been doing is actually more than the help they are doing. I'm saying that because this group of uh, so-called recovered stutterers they basically became almost like a fluency, fluency Nazi. It's almost like I overcame my stuttering. Like now I, I speak fluently. Now I have the right to treat the people who stutter. And the funny thing is, that's what most of people who stutter in China, they want that. They want that cure, they want that fluency. It's almost like a perfect match for each other. Mm -hmm. Those are a group of my stutterers kind of overcame their stuttering. And those are the group, large group of people who want that fluency. And they are like a perfect match. The harm of that, like you were saying, Jesse, is almost like try to mask your stutter, try to like think you are fixed rather than saying, hey, we are a group of people. This is the way we talk. We accept the way we are. We, we, you know, we have a right to exist. Stutter has a place in the society. No, not, not the same mentality in China. 
So that's what I, like you were saying, that's what I, I struggled too, to bring what I have learned here to back to China, because I am going through that barrier. People think the things I am selling to them are not what they want because they, uh, they, they, the, they are so, because they, they don't, it's, it's not like they are stupid, but they don't have these resources and the fluency, it's the only way this, they, they see that can improve their life. And stuttering is almost like the only see, thing that they see that's holding them back. So it's, it's a very like black and white men, mentality. It's either to be fluent or you don't stutter. So it's, it's, it's almost like there's no place for acceptance. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, oh, well, this might be a good uh, say, or kind of good segue into because Jia ja currently has like a like a Chinese uh, Zoom group for stuttering or or um, not just Chinese but uh, some people who speak English can join too. Um, so the, this this stuttering stuttering this Chinese stuttering Zoom group is that is that basically to it's a way to help mostly like help people in China because like China is like so hard to be someone who stutters is it like you know to help people in China to get get a different different viewpoint and like more of a more of a what western view, viewpoint on, on stuttering <laughs> that's a great point Kevin I'm, I'm glad you are talking about this uh yeah there are two major things I'm doing to help my Chinese community so I actually started a bilingual podcast with three other Chinese people who stutter, they all live abroad too. So we kind of like, we want to break that, what we were saying, um, you know, like people in China, the only thing they want is fluency. What kind of like a break that mentality that they have. So we actually, this podcast, uh, we mostly interview the people who stutter in Chinese about their stories and their struggle. And in that podcast, I purposefully to let my stutter out. Well, I don't necessarily need to stut let my stutter out because I stutter, you know, <laughs> I, I don't have to try that hard to, to stutter. So, but I know that that means a lot to the people in China when they know that fluency is the only way people talk to hear somebody who stutter. In the beginning, it's very painful. It's almost like they will run away. And I had so many comments from that podcast saying, how dare you guys? Like, how dare you? You didn't even cure your stuttering. And you are talking about stuttering. You don't have a right to, to speak. That's, those, those are the words from the people who stutter. It's almost like, how dare you guys? You know, you guys are broken people. Like how you express your broke, your, your, yourself in this broken vo voice. But I knew that deep in their hearts, they're actually craving for that, but they just don't know that yet. They, 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 they thought 
stuttering is such a simple thing. Once I fixed my fluency, I will be fine. And at the same time, a lot of Chinese people they they still think stuttering is just pure psychological. They just、uh, do not even know that you know it's 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 not something. They all believe that's something they can actually control or they can they can get re re rid of. It's almost like a false hope there. So like I'm doing this podcast, I put my stuttering voice out there. It took me a lot of courage because I'm so afraid. What if my parents hear my stuttering voice and ashamed their like my family and 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 it's it it's like like I I had to go through that 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 barrier myself to to actually put my real self out there. And I know that this will make a lot of people uncomfortable because this is not what they perceived. And at the same time, I do do those like online bilingual support group, like the things I am doing with my Chinese community. It's nothing new. I learned it here. Like here, you guys have been doing this like for decades. But for China, it's like、uh, you know. It's unheard of, you know. The people who stutter, you actually you you have a space to stutter freely. You have a place to be yourself. But the Chinese stutter group is all about get rid of your stuttering, and we drill it together. But my space is like you can be yourself here, and there's nothing wrong with your stuttering. So to the Western my 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 mind, it's almost like a common sense now. But to the people in China, it's、uh, something so like revolutionary. So, <laughs> yeah. So you you have this podcast.、Um, how long have you been been running it?、Uh, like a few months, less than a year, maybe like 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 eight, eight, eight months, some、mm-hmm. sometime like that. Mm-hmm. And、um, where can people find it? Oh, that's a good question. We、um, mostly posted on the Chinese platform called the WeChat. So we have like a WeChat to post our podcast, and also、uh, there's a, a podcast called Himalaya. So it 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 has a Chinese version, and it has an international ver, 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 version. So yeah, so we 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 po- we posted on、uh, those platforms. Yeah,、okay. and and now we have we have about five hundred fo- followers for that podcast. So it's it's still a very small number, but I ne- I never thought like we would have this many people. But five hundred people, I do feel like for the Chinese community, since the Chinese people who stutter tend to tend to hide themselves, so I would say like five hundred. It's a good start, but compared to the Fourteen million people who study in China, 
it's still like a very, very, very small group of people. Sure. But I mean, 500 is a lot. That's not too bad. <laughs> not too bad, especially in a, a community where, you know, it's such a, a taboo thing. So I think that's awesome. Um, that's really exciting. Um, how many episodes? We have like we have two. Um, basically, the podcast we we have we have two parts. Like one part we do the the interviews, and one part we call it like a starter chat. So for the for the for the for the interviews, we have twenty five episodes now, and for the uh, starter chat, we have about like uh, like eight episodes so not too much so but we're just at the beginning stage okay and do you have any intention to bring the podcast to any like american platforms uh i think the lang the 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 language itself it can be a barrier because uh, if we want to translate the, the Chinese podcast into English, like we need to do like more work. But definitely that's my, my future goal. That's why uh, I want to call it like a bilingual podcast because we do like 20% of our interviewers, they're actually English speaking people. So uh yeah that's my future goal i do feel that in a way i know that the podcast we run for maybe for the western world it's not something like the things we talk about it's basically like more common sense for you guys but for the chinese people it's like a huge step forward yep. so that's why i but I do know that the world wants to know what's going on in China. And I know that that language barrier can be a big thing. And, and I do feel that um, sometimes people were thinking like, why there's no Chinese people who stutter, right? Or probably, yeah, they're like, like are the Chinese people's genes are better? I don't really think so. I just feel that um, it's not because the Chinese people, our genes are better. It's more because we're more ashamed of our stuttering and in our culture, it's almost like um, you don't share the thing you regarded as weakness to people. But mm -hmm. I do feel like Jesse, you were saying in the Western culture, you guys like you value the, the individuals. It's like, it's almost you guys, uh, you want people to be, to, be di to, to be different. It's like, if you are different, it's a, it's a strength. But in the Asian culture, if you are different, that's a, a weakness. So I do think these two cultures, it's very different, but I can say that the Chinese culture it's more, it's more traditional. And I can see this new generation of Chinese people because of all this Western I I I influence, they are more 
you know, they, they are more embracing their like different personality and they, they want to be a, 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 an individual. But I know that like um, the people who are, who are older, they're very uncomfortable of being, being different. Yeah, there's, you know, again, it's, 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 it's a much different level, but like, um, that similar kind of mindset is, is, it happens here as well. Like my, my father grew up, uh, when he was a kid, he had a stutter, um, and to kind of call back to something you said earlier, um, he, he overcame it, which is such a, that's for some reason I've, I've had discussions on other podcasts where I just, that just rubs me wrong. I, I like people who say like they got rid of it or they overcame it. Like, I don't, I don't understand that. No, you didn't. <laughs> like It doesn't just go away. So that, anyway, so he, he, he overcame it, he says. Um, and um, his father had a pretty severe stutter his whole life. And, you know, I grew up, I didn't know that my father or my grandfather stuttered till I was in probably high school because they never mentioned it. It was like they were, they were like horribly ashamed of it. And so I was like, this would have been great to know for years that I wasn't like the only one, but it was, so yeah. I, I can, I can relate to that a little bit, but again, mm -hmm. it's on a very different level. <laughs> so absolutely, um, yeah. Um, so we only have a couple minutes left. I know you said you needed mm -hmm. to go. Um, did you have anything you wanted to discuss? Anything you wanted to, to promote? Anything like that? Mm, I would say uh, you guys asked really good, good questions. And I, 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 I do feel that uh, we're very on point. And I, I do want to share something more about what I can brought to the table is that sometimes I do feel that um, good to see Kevin is back. Awesome. So Hi, <laughs> yeah, I do feel that, you know, it's very important to understand where people are coming from. I do feel like sometimes I got mad about my Chinese stuttering community and sometimes I want to argue with them, right? I, I almost felt like I found the truth. I almost feel like, hey, it's okay to stutter. Hey, you know, it's not your fault. You know, like why you can't openly stutter and just be proud of who you are, right? Like I almost feel like frustrated and then when they were just just trying to be be fluent and I do think sometimes like because I traveled so far I forget where I came from and I sometimes I do think I I need to if I want to help this group of Chinese people who are struggling maybe I need to go back to meet where they were because I knew that when I was in in China, I was so ashamed of my stuttering. I would rather die to tell people, hey, I stutter. I was so ashamed. And I do feel that like sometimes because I'm in a better place and to judge them of what they want, it's almost like um, it's, 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 it, 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 it's like you, 
like you cannot judge people's choices. So I really feel that sometimes I'm still like, I just, I just started the journey. I do feel like sometimes I do want to fix all the Chinese people who stutter and to make them fluent. And I want to tell them after you get your fluency, how are you feeling now? Do you, do you feel like better as a, a human being? Yes, maybe for a month, maybe two or three months, you know, for a short period of time. So it's almost like, um, how do I say that? Like when someone who is so poor and you're trying to tell them, hey, money doesn't matter. Money ha has no worth. It's like you don't pursue m m money. And, and I... I I do feel sometimes like the way I communicate with my community, even though I understand where they come, come from, I still have those difficulties that almost like a reverse culture shock. shock, shock, shock. So I, I do feel that like I need to polish my skills as a person who stutters or as a SLP. But, but I do feel that, that sometimes, like I haven't figured this out yet myself. I do feel like they do have a point. Hey, Jai, you haven't controlled your stutter. Listen to how you, you, you talk. You, you, you stutter a lot. Like why you think you have this right to tell what to do with our stuttering? So I do feel like there is one part of me still wants that, that, that fluency, but at the same time, I, I know that that's not the direction because that's a trap. Once I, I, because I have, I, I, I have been chasing that, 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 that fluency God, like every stutterer in the beginning, we chased that and the, 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 the Western world, you guys have been ch chasing the frenzy God for so many decades. And now you kind of like change this direction to self-acceptance, uh, like being a person, be proud of who you are. There's a place for stuttering. So like, I do feel like, it's a journey, like not just me, like personally, I do think like China, the people who stutter, they need the time to figure it out. Maybe at this point, fluency is very important. And maybe after fluency, your self-acceptance comes along. And sometimes you have both at the same time, because unless you accept yourself, you would not be able to make changes because you are still running away from your stuttering. So I would say, I don't know the, all the answers yet, but I feel like I am on the right path. I'm on the right track. I feel that every single day I get to know my stuttering better. I get to know myself better. I, yeah, so I'm very hopeful, not, necessarily mean my speech will be better but my freedom of of speech will definitely be better 
because this is a country of freedom speech after all, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. Cool. <laughs> um, well, uh, oh, yeah, it's, uh, that's, oh, so Jai, Jai, you, you have to have to go. <laughs> I can stay like for, for maybe three more minutes if, 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 oh, cool. if, if, yeah, if you have some uh, last uh, minute question or <laughs> we can wrap this up. Yeah. <laughs> um, wait, Jesse, do you, hmm, I don't know. Jesse, do you have a, do you have, do you have like a short, any, any more short, short question? <laughs> um, not really. I mean, all of mine are probably long answer ones, so it's yeah. okay. But um, not to mention telling people who stutter you only have three minutes is, is I know. awful. Yeah, so. yeah. That's, that's my my bad to give you this time pressure. Yeah. Oh, I, well, okay. I actually last time when we interviewed me and Steve interviewed you, I I, I did. I, 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 I was asking, I was asking what, what you, what you do for fun, but, but there were some, ah. like two questions I, I forgot to ask. There were two questions I forgot to ask. Uh, do you, do you like any music or movies or do you have favorite music or movies or bands or anything? <laughs> mm, I would say I'm not very well versed in American culture yet, but I, yeah. <laughs> I just love the, abundance here like you can have access to all types of music and you have this creativity yeah. in this country <laughs> it's just uh, so great so but but like i said before you know like in china i grew up with three tv channels and when i first <laughs> came here you know you have you have hundreds of 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 tv channels so to me, sometimes it's too much. So it's, it's almost like sometimes too many choices can be a problem too. Yeah, but what I love to do for fun, I think I'm a pretty boring person in a way, but, but I love comedy. I love like uh, the power of words. Uh, the funny thing is I'm very obsessed with words like i'm obsessed with language like i just um if i hear a good joke if i hear somebody make a very smart remarks i just like my brain just fires up <laughs> yeah probably it's wow. because like yeah probably it's because like i wasn't able to 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 express myself that well so that's why I almost feel like I have an obsession for words and, and, la and la 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 language, so. <laughs> Very nice. Oh, cool. <laughs> All right, um. yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys right. so much for ha having me. And, and 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 keep doing the work you are you guys are doing and, and 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 I want to come back in the future to report my journey because I know that this is just the beginning. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for 
having me. Thank you. This was this was wonderful. Okay. Thank you guys. Thanks. Bye. Okay. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. Have a great day. Bye bye. You too. Thank you for listening to the Stutterblock Party podcast. If you're interested in attending Stutterblock Party, go to linktree forward slash Stutterblock Party to register. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash Stutterblock Party. We'll see you soon and happy stuttering.